Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers. This is a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 306. Hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that is where we are. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey. And, you know, we're working and meeting daily challenges just like you out there, you know. But that's why we're here. We're having a Christian discussion for men that you typically can't have on the job site. And unlike others, we aren't taking any church answers. And so that's why we're glad that you've joined us. You know, this podcast has been called deliberately provocative and unexpectedly funny. So we're so glad that you joined us and checked it out. Um, podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube, and NoChurchAnswers.com. Please write our podcast, leave a review, and of course, it would not be possible without your support. Uh, we are, this is uh, entitled, On Earth As It Is In Heaven. As it is in heaven, the book we're using is Simply Jesus, A New Vision of Who He Was, What He Did, and Why He Matters. It's by N.T. Wright, and we've been in this for a few weeks, and it is just awesome. Um, it's depth of knowledge that I, I never even thought about and uh, and the angles that uh, the, this N.T. Wright goes to. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce the panel. I'm going to start with, he is a former world-class policy writer. He is a current professional gambler. He is the show's producer. It's Mr. Steve Ditch. Yo, Steve. A former prosecutor and attorney, kind of the group historian. He snuck on an I snuck in under my nose. Hey, welcome to Judge Michael Cropper. <laughs> yeah, I have a big nose. I I, I know. Uh, and back with a note from his boss saying it was an excused absence. We call him the professor. He's a corporate trainer, kind of the group theologian, kind of a commercial strength teacher. It is Professor Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Good to be back. And my name is Bill Cox. Basically, I am a contractor, freshly retired, and still kind of like looking for work and opportunities. Anyway, and with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump right in. And uh, going to start out with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Yes. All right. We're on our, our last last podcast on Simply Jesus. Now, the theme of, of the whole book of whole, uh, is that, that Jesus is king of creation. Um, that God created the heavens and the earth, saw that they were good, but through human disobedience, sin entered the world. Jesus' death and resurrection not only redeemed human souls, but redeemed all, all of creation. God, through his Son, planted this flag on earth and declared it his everlasting dominion, and his disciples were claiming that. And that's the gospel right there. Now, 
we can walk around today and say, well, Jesus rules the world. And a skeptic, even a skeptical Christian, might ask, have you looked out the window lately? <laughs> and so, yes, it's a, diff it's, a, it's a difficult question when this comes back to you. How can we say, you know, the kingdom of God is here when we've got two wars going on right now, a divided country? We, we even have a divided church. Can't seem to even get our act together among all our denominations or even within denominations. Uh, so does it make sense to go around saying earth is in God's domain? There's a lot of church answers to that, but I hope we can get past those and, and uh, a bit more and, and look at how N.T. Wright sees the kingdom unfolding in the here and now. Mm, excellent. <laughs> uh, Professor Koshu. This is really the culmination of this entire book. And, and it's really, if Jesus is who he said he is, and if he represents what he says he represents, the Hebrew God of the Old Testament that created the word with the thought, then what does that truly mean? And I was really encouraged, I'll, I'll save more for this, but I was really encouraged by N.T. Wright's take on creation in the fall because it's kind of where I've always believed and led and how my thinking has always been. I was kind of like, oh, wow. <laughs> But, it, but it's one of those, at the end of the day, the question becomes, what difference does it make? And I think N.T. Wright provides us through Scripture what it really does mean at the end of the day. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. I mentioned this before, folks. Uh, the book is entitled uh, Simply Jesus. And boy, it's anything but simple. <laughs> it's right. That's exactly it. it. It's a it's a slog. It is a slog. Before the podcast started, if I say anything else by right that says simply anything, I'm going to run. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm not even going to look at it. This, this book, uh, boy, it 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 really just starts out at Jesus' death and resurrection. Now it is good, like Bill said. It goes into areas I would have never dreamed of it going into. But then you have to put it all together and figure out. Because N.T. Wright is not real good about saying things in ten words. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. He takes about 10,000 words to say what I would say in 100 words. Mike, yeah. Mike is a lawyer. I honestly <laughs> thought you would appreciate the fact of being able to take 10 words and make it 15. Yeah. 10,000. 10, <laughs> okay, okay. 10, yeah, yeah. So, so he talks about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Of course, all of us think the kingdom of God is heaven, right? Uh, no question about it. But, but Jesus went on to say, and, and N.T. Wright really hammers this throughout our podcast, if you've listened and through the book, that the kingdom is in fact here on earth, and it has been reconciled to us through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the temple or he has become the temple that the Old Testament talks about, the tabernacle and the temple where God meets earth and he's the place of worship. And Jesus has, in fact, become this, this temple where to, 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 meet, to meet the divine God, Jehovah, uh, you have to worship Jesus Christ. He is actually the connection. He is the overlap. And he is a temple. And then when he died and he rose and he left, he delegated that to us. 
and, and he delegated his Holy Spirit to make sure if we really want to serve God with all our heart, the Holy Spirit will give us guidance and connections. And we're to be the temple. And I figure that out, folks. <laughs> okay, Bill. <laughs> yeah, you know, the funny thing about uh, N.T. Wright's book, Simply Jesus, if someone says Simply Jesus and it's more than a page long, then it's not simply. It's more than one line. That's right. And, you know, I, honestly, though, I mean, I, I know I make fun. I, he, there's no question about it. He is a great theologian. And uh, well, the depth of his knowledge, depth of his knowledge is just unreal. Um, but for a simple guy like me, I've had to totally pick up my game. Just to get, just to get up to it, you know, and, but like I said, I guess that's part of being a Christian. That's part of being like this podcast too. I like this podcast because I get to talk about Christian things that I don't get to talk about at work with other people. You know what I'm saying? But also over the years, I've uncovered some stuff that I don't necessarily ever wanted to know or, or realized about it. And that, and that is where what NT writes book. Uh, has done for me. So, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the uh, readings. Um, the first, uh, well, the readings for today are 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 24, and Romans 8, 18 through 25. This is the 1 Corinthians one. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits. then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Romans eight eighteen through 25. I've consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Steve Titch. Uh, these are, are, are difficult passages, and kind of they cover a lot what I think Wright does in the whole book, especially connecting the resurrection, uh, the second coming, and this new creation. And Paul, in both cases, saying we're kind of waiting for this. I mean, he does bring this question up. 
where Anne tried to answer the question of, well, we had the crucifixion, the resurrection, where's the kingdom of God now? And he's saying it's here, it's building, um, and we hope for it. It's groaning. Creation is groaning, waiting for its renewal. Like us, we are waiting for the resurrection in hope. And um, and and Wright goes on to talk about that this is this is going to be our work. And 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 to, maybe to kick it off, I I was thinking of what you've said often, Bill, on on this podcast. Now, the Scripture tells us. Uh, we even if we make a final heartfelt confession at the moment of our death, like the thief on the cross, we we are saved. But you have said what what's kind of sad about that is that although that happens, you don't get to play in the game. You're like the you're like the bench warmer or the guy the guy who doesn't get in. And right. and here in this chapter, and kind of Wright says that's that's our job right now in the kingdom to get in the game. Yes. Absolutely, and w- and why wouldn't you? W- mm-hmm. See, that's that's what really kills me about the argument that people t- and I. I don't know about you guys out there. I get this from people all the time that they find out I'm a Christian. Well, they find out because I don't tell them. I don't let them guess. You know, um, I cuss. I do stuff that's bad. You know, um, but I'm I'm just trying to be better. I mean, that, that's kind of my mantra. You know. Um, I go to church. I want to be, do the best I can. I'm a, but I'm a sailor. I, I was a sailor, exactly. And but the thing about it is, though, um, being a Christian, I want to do stuff. I want. I want to feed the homeless. I want to help people. As a matter of fact, um, not to go off too far on a tangent, my Mennonite church where I grew up is dying. When I go up there with my wife, she is the youngest person in the church. We're down to like 23 people. And it's not going to get any better because corporate farms, there's people, people just don't live there anymore. I feel that I have to go and minister to those people, not only for them, but also for the parents and the fact that their discipline and dedication was not in vain. And you feel a part of that. You feel things like duty because of your Christian beliefs. And if you just got it right before you went into heaven, you wouldn't get to use it and you wouldn't understand how gratitude and when you bless someone and they are so grateful, how it fills your heart and it may not fill your wallet. And for the first time, you'll understand that the wallet is not the only thing that's important in life to fill. It, 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 it's, it's one of those. And, and I agree with you. It, it's, it goes back to the old statement that life is not a, destination life is a journey that's to be enjoyed it's not a spectator and, sport and, either and yeah and and yes yes and if you're sitting back watching it and not participating in it, if you're if you're showing up at church on sunday and that's literally all you're doing and 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 i'll throw out maybe you just attend worship and don't even do a bible study because how many people have we known like that okay i punched my ticket for the week Right, kind of an attitude. Yeah, absolutely. Then you're not actively participating in the kingdom, and the kingdom is here now in a broken in a broken world. I'll 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 say it up front. I've I've said from the beginning. Everybody's like, 
Well, Eve ate the apple and mankind fell. And I, and I always have had a pause there and said, yeah, but I think creation itself was affected. And I think the flood just actually tore apart creation. That that was kind of the culmination of this creation being reset back to, okay, it's in a fallen state now. And our job is, I, I love the idea in Romans of creation is waiting. What's it waiting for? You know, it, it's waiting for us to come and fulfill it by bringing people to God and reconciling the world. You know, the, the passage, and I want to say it's in Corinthians, don't quote me. You know, Christ is reconciling the world to himself. You know, it's that reconciliation that we're always working towards. And as you said, Bill, if we're not working towards that, then what are we working towards? Right. You know, you're sitting there, you're just playing a game. Steve mentioned something earlier, and, and this, this folks, is very practical to me, and we try to talk about this, we try to put it in a, a way that everybody understands it, and that's simply, does Jesus really rule the world? Is he really ruling it right now? And N.T. Wright tells us he's doing it through his people. He's doing it through the kingdom. That's you and me. And Robert say, you, those people who will get involved, in fact, all of them say those of us who will get involved and try and present his kingdom to the world so that we might win others to the world. That's how you, he grows his kingdom. So, and, and the reason I say that, it, it's very relevant. You look out on the street, and, and if you're a person that doesn't have the Holy Spirit, or you have Christ within you, you aren't going to see Jesus ruling the world at all. Well, you're I, going to see the just one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have just one second. He, you're going to see people shooting each other on the freeway, right? Cutting you off. You're going to see legislators, the Senate, uh, the House, the representatives, all of them passing bills, and they're getting paid legal money called lobbying, which before was illegal. And the Bible says never accept bribes. And they're called bribes, but we have made called it a lobby. lobby. Call them lobby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to see all these things out here where legislators pass bills that benefit the, the corporate executives who pay them lobbying fees or bribery, folks. So, and you stand out on the street corner and you say, how is Jesus in control of this world? Okay, right. Take off for a second. Yeah, really yeah. I, I know. Steve Titch is the producer, and he's the smartest one, or he's certainly smarter. I, I, I kicked <laughs> over to Ryan. All right. I was going to say, well, he's definitely smarter than me. So let me get this in, so he can, so he can rip it up, rip it apart. I am going to say, and this is from my experience as a dad, and you guys out there, this is a Christian roundtable discussion for men. So most of you that have kids will understand this. Is Jesus really ruling the world and looking at the world nowadays and you see all the wars and stuff and the hatred and everything going on? Yes, Jesus is still. And let me give you the example. Say you're a dad and you have a son and you played soccer for Central Michigan University like I did. And you decide that you're going to go and coach kids soccer. Okay. You played soccer at a pretty high level. You're probably pretty good. And I was. As far as coaching kids, I was horrible. 
They looked like a bunch of bees running after the ball, and they that, were falling on each dude. They they were falling on each other. They were elbowing each other. They were doing all sorts of things, and I was livid with them. But you know what? I'm still the coach. I'm still in charge. It's still a mess. And you know what, though? I saw some of those guys. I saw some of those guys. When they actually outgrew me, they outgrew my ability to coach. And some of those guys went went on to play college soccer. And they were excellent. So, yes, God is in control. But we have free will. And sometimes we just make a mess of stuff. And we're not going to change it until we grow to our next level. Anyway. And well, I, you're, I think, I guess, as Robert just said, that is a great analogy. You are in charge, but things were just going. But, but they were, you know, you kind of got at two things. One is that some stayed, some became, you know, they, they learned something and took it. The, the, the difficult and other, other ones did. Yes. You're right. Yeah, you're yes. absolutely right. And some of them never became good soccer the, players. But, but the correct. kingdom, here's, here's, but, but here's, where, here's where I think I can take your ball and run with it or kick it around to keep the soccer analogy going. Um, our job is exactly that, to, to, to bring people to Jesus. And, and that is hard. And, you know, you always cringe when you get a sermon on that. But, but Wright really makes that in, clear in no uncertain terms that we're agents, um, that we're not really out there to lobby for laws, for to make the government do it, what we think is right. We, we have been given the, the commandment, make believers of all men and all nations or be witnesses to all nations, which we talked about with Acts uh, last week. Uh, we're we're not to be out there, you know, trying trying to create the kingdom through either a military or political or any one of the earthly ways. We're supposed to be doing it almost almost one on one through love and forgiveness, through love and, and, through love and compassion and forgiveness, and 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 loving your enemies, and not not just and 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 you know, there's so many things to be careful of because. You, there are there are faithful Christians who may be thinking, you know, oh, if I vote this way, I'm bringing the kingdom in, and uh, no, you can't do it by proxy. Now, you know, that's really you really can't, and you certainly can't expect non Christians to do it for you. You have to, and 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 it's like we live in a if we stay in the United States, we live in a consensus type government. You're going to get a voice, so don't retreat from that. Engage it. You may not get everything you want, but you're not you're not out there trying to create this this political entity. It's not a political entity. Um, go back to we we covered you know the crucifixion and 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 um, Pilate asked Jesus, "Are you a king?" And Jesus does not deny that. He doesn't say, "No, no, no, no." He just says, "My kingdom isn't of this world. It operates under different rules." And we as Christians have to respect that and those rules are in the beatitudes as right well uh-huh. no. they are witnessed there they are viewed as um as as uh, throughout the way Jesus Jesus did his ministry we see his way we're called to be we're called to love and forgive and then do three things be salt to the world 
Salt seasons, mm-hmm. so it enhances and it preserves. Be a light. We're supposed to mm-hmm. be a beacon of hope. People are supposed to look at us and see something different about mm-hmm. us. And then the third thing we're called to do is be sowers. And we're called to spread the seeds. And it's not our job to figure, it's not our job to decide, up oh, that's rocky mm-hmm. ground, don't throw the seed there. Our job is to throw the seeds. What happens to the seeds after we throw them is the rocky ground or the thorns or the good fertile soil. Our job is spoken the wheel bill, as you like to say, spread the seeds. Those are the three things we're called to do is be salt, be light, and sow seeds in the world. And that's really the call that brings the kingdom to, to bear. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is No Church Answers. This is podcast number 306. Uh, on earth as it is in heaven, and this is, we're studying, uh, simply Jesus, a new vision of who he was, what he did, and why he matters by N.T. Wright. And we're talking, uh, now about the, uh, the role of the church. And I want to go ahead and throw this out to the fellas. Uh, when this podcast drops, fairly certain they'll still be fighting in the Middle East. Since it's uh, been going on for 2,000 years, it'll probably continue, be continued next week. Um, the thing about it is about the church, and I just I had this discussion with my kids, and they said, why does it seem like it seems to be flaring up now? And I told them, quite frankly, it's because of your generation. And... Your generation has no reverence for history. So you're looking at it as something brand new. And you don't even, you you can't go back, you know, 20 years and tell me any kind of history of it. Because all you see is what's in front of you. And things have changed so much as far as demographics go. Um, you know, population, I mean, historically large populations areas, they are large, but they're all old people. They don't have any young people. And now, so it's shifting to the groups that do have the young people and and they're upset and rightfully so because young people are energetic and they want to take over, you know, they want their piece of the world. And so that's the reorganization and that's what's happening. But, But like I told my kids, the church, because we aren't going to church, 
they're losing reverence. They're losing things like forgiveness. They're losing things like cooperation and, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're developing, they're developing to, if you go listen to, God, what was this? Go listen to our Ten Commandments podcast. We, we talked a lot about a nihilistic world that's been created. Right, and Steve brought that and up. I didn't it, even know what it was and, back then, yeah, way back and then. It, it's, an, it's really an absence of God. And, and Jeremiah T. Johnston, with the T in his name, as he likes to say, he wrote a book on um, the world without Christianity. And he we read it as a men's books and burgers here, and then he actually came. And honestly, we ought to do that book sometime as part of this. But... He talks about what was Christian's influence on the world and what it accomplished. And we're starting to see what that really looks like, I think. And you don't yep. see it until it's not there. Right. The, the, yes. It's, it's, in fact, a lot of, a, even a lot of what, you know, you would say the progressive movement is, a lot of, a lot of what is spelled out in the Bible is taken for, Granted, is now normalized, and you know you 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 know you, you said you know young people today can't look back ten or twenty years. You go back to the time of Jesus. Really, it was this insular Jewish religion that had these laws about charity, about you know <laughs> jubilee. We've talked about that. The i the idea that we as men, even the rulers, are subjected to God. And that was that was, and and they kept to themselves. And then comes along, then along comes Jesus, and just begins to popularize it. And then his disciples go out, and suddenly, I mean, in, in in ancient Rome, if you had a daughter, if you had one too many daughters, that that girl, healthy or not, is going to get exposed. I mean, we we have that surviving letter that Johnson points out about. The, the 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 guy who's on his business trip in Egypt and his wife is pregnant, he writes back to her and says, if it's a boy, take care of it. If it's a girl, throw it away. I mean, that's that and that was normal. Slavery was normal. It's it's a, it's something that even I think even today young people have a, a have a, a little hard, hard time grasping. If in 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 the 18th century in the United States, it was default. It's been default throughout history. Let's put it this way. Since up to up to really the, the early 1800s when it was the church. It was church. It was Christianity it was. who said basically the idea of owning other people and and ruling them is unbiblical. They are created they are created in the image of God. It was a it was a Christian movement that started abolition. And it was largely Christians who started, in at least in America, hospitals or Europe too. Hospitals, education. Yep. Um, it was it was there that, and now these Orphanages are these are basically the considered yeah. by the time now. Uh, you know, some uh, some people are going as far. You know, they, they, there's they're like considered right a right to education, a right to health care. But essentially, that is that is the Mosaic Law right there. I mean, you, you know, you can get arguments about what natural rights and what or, or what you what other people owe, but the Bible, but the Christian, the Judeo-Christian Bible says the wealthy or the rich or the gifted, however, those who have been given much, much is accepted from. Now, to, I'll kick it back to you, Robert. I think the problem today is that 
um, we're trying in America. They're trying to kick God out. I think I think there are a lot of conscientious people out there, young and old, who want to see a a more just society, a more a more uh, a more equal society, except. They don't want to hear from Christians. Okay. And kind of the Democrats and the liberals have pretty much tossed them out, and the conservatives and Republicans pander to a particular brand of Christianity that is, I'm going to come out and say, that is purely in a minority. Um, and the rest you kind of got, you kind of got, I think, a lot of people who would love to be part of this but are afraid of staying there a Christian or that they're doing it because they're motivated I, it, biblically. It, it's funny. There's a, and I can't remember the author, but there's a book that was published towards a more true sexual ethic. And at the end of it, she pretty much admits, wow, maybe the Christians were onto something <laughs> there all along. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. has, has, a, has an example of what you're mm -hmm. talking about, Steve. That it was, you know, we're, we're, we're in this Me Too movement mm -hmm. after the rise of feminism, the rise of birth control, mm -hmm. all of that. And now we've got this chaos that exists mm -hmm. or chaotic mode that exists in relationships between men and women. And mm -hmm. guys don't know what to do and girls don't know what they want in men and vice versa. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, oh, wait a second. You mean the Christian moral ethics where we're supposed to treat women with respect? Mm -hmm. And sex with hell and all of that, that actually meant something? Mm -hmm. Uh yeah. <laughs> there was a reason it was put out like that. It works mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Well, um, I had a discussion with a friend of mine at work uh a while ago. <clears throat> and I want to bring Michael Cropper mm -hmm. in on this. <clears throat> and this is uh, and the difference though, uh uh America between America and and Israel is this. In America, we welcome immigrants. Israel, when they went in there, they slaughtered everybody and made it purely Jewish hamlet. Okay, what, what, are we talking about the Bible or, oh, yeah, or Bible? Okay, not today. Where is the okay. Book of Joshua? Yeah. Okay. 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 Just to be clear, that okay. just to be clear, no and this guy, this guy was a Muslim. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he absolutely agrees with the fact that although that we did the America was founded on Christian values and he accepts that, he goes, think about this. How would you feel if you went into a courtroom and there was a Koran sitting there as a, being a Christian person? Would you think that you'd get a fair shake? Same way with all the other religions that we've accepted into America— if you go into a courtroom and you see a Bible there or something like that that indicates that you're going to be judged on Judeo-Christian law, how comfortable would you feel that you are going to get a fair shake? And I, I never thought about it like that, but it, to me it makes a very valid point about separating Christianity out of the politics of America mm -hmm. um, as opposed with some groups are trying to get it into it. So well, you, I, I totally understood that. You can actually swear on a Koran. If you, you, you are not... Can you? you I, I think nowadays you, you are not... If you are a Muslim, they will let you 
swear on your your book of faith. I believe so. I, I'm going to defer what, to you. What I'm going to go back to say is, uh, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Everybody right. knows it. That's mm -hmm. why we started off the Bible in the courtroom. It says, thou shall not bear false witness. That means after you've mm -hmm. sworn, okay. you will not lie. It's called perjury, mm -hmm. right? right? Now, mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with the Quran. If they produce it, produce it and it says in there, you are to be honest or you are violating the laws of Allah. Or the God of Abraham, I wouldn't have a problem with that as long as I knew that. But this whole country uh, okay. knew one of the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. said, "You shall not bear false witness," and that means when you swear to Jehovah, you swear to God that you're being truthful, you don't dare violate. It. That's a that's a good question. Uh, okay. I I, I, I want to bring up something that the author mm -hmm. says here. Uh, in, in paragraphs 20 and 21, if you have your, happen to have your book, guys, and, and it's, it's a little bit humorous, but uh, the way I read this, and Steve, if you don't correct me, or Robert, it, it, you may do so, um, the author says here, and several of the New Testament writers make a direct connection between Jesus' rescue project, and by the way, the rescue project, mm -hmm. right, is his resurrection and presenting the kingdom of God back onto the earth, mm -hmm. Okay. And he says, in climaxing his crucifixion and the renewal of the human proje project, Jesus rescues human beings in order that through them he may rule this world in the new way he always intended. And I'm thinking, why would what was he intending in the first place? He wasn't intending it for it to be correct in the first place. <laughs> I, just, I just thought I thought that was comical. Once in a while, the the, the writer will say something that's duplicitous. Mm -hmm. and, and I thought if you look at it as the way he said it, they, then he's saying, well, God didn't make it right. Okay, well, let's, so hey, Mike, that's not, that's not a bad, that's not a bad place to jump off. I mean, because think about it. What would have happened if uh, Pilate goes, well, I don't care what the Jews say. I'm not going to crucify you. And he doesn't. How does that change the story? Well, Jesus would have done something crucify me. He would call crucify me. Well, <laughs> no, you, but, no, you see but what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you, you see what I'm saying? Oh, Robert's rubbing his face okay, on that Robert. one. But, but uh, that's so no. This is a no church answers it, podcast. I think your question is 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 you, you put it right there, and and you know the the church answer is well, Pilate was you know part of the plan. Yeah, he was yeah. going to do it anyway. Um, and maybe, and maybe that's the case, but, um, it's, it, it is, it is interesting the way it all goes down, but it's, it's, uh, well, it, and Mike, <laughs> Mike said, Mike said the guy, and then he comes back and he gets it the way he always intended it to. And why didn't he in, do it the first place? And why he well, why? okay, Mike, in, in, okay, I'm going to answer the question and I proposed mm -hmm. it anyway. Omnipresence is after physical death anyway. So it, whether it's crucifixion where he gave himself up to be crucified or if he would have lived a long and productive life and still passed away of, say, natural causes, the omnipresence of Christ would be, would be the same. Regardless of how he that, passed, I don't know. I don't know about that because 
because the whole the whole Old Testament sets up, and, and this is what we're taught, and this is what we learn that the sacrifice is necessary, that that and it has to be a, a blood sacrifice. And but this is the final atonement. No more cattle. No more birds. No more ducks. Yeah, sheep. Um, <laughs> no more sheep. Um, yeah. and and this is this is it. But it's yeah. it's it's. And then we talked about this last week. And the and it's a torturous death. Really, it's it's God Himself through His Son going head to head with death and all these all the ideas of sin. Sin, as as Paul said, Paul said, it's nailed to the cross. I think it had to happen that way. But but it's you know it's it's the again it goes down to the mysteries of our religion. But we, we, Wright says it, it was absolutely necessary because death had to do its worst and be overcome. And I, that that's and, and everything kind of. My answer is Jesus was too radical even for the Romans. Yes, I mean yeah. at some point it was going to be you in, go a, in and, a little and, and build, in a little spoilery sneak peek. You, Jesus created too many bones. Yeah, human right. life is cheap. Was cheap in those days. I oh, mean, right. it it was actually, you know, Pilate weighed the weighed the calculation and say is one more one more would be radical crucified going to add up to much and it will make the it will make the the the, the leaders here happy. It will provide a nice spectacle. And he was already, he was already, if his, if, if secular history tells us, he was already on dicey footing with Caesar anyway. I mean, right. they, apparently the Roman Empire did not consider uh, Jerusalem and Judea a prime posting. Right, right. <laughs> it, it, was, yeah. it was the backwater province of the Roman Empire, and, and so, you got sent there to... Make it good. Right. So I think I think I think he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't the type of guy you know who who's gonna be like oh let's let's sneak him out the back door and see what happened. Right. <laughs> and with that, we're gonna go ahead and take our second break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors. Just regular guys, so whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back. This is podcast number 306, On Earth As It Is In Heaven. We're talking about uh, the book we've been studying, Simply Jesus, uh, by N.T. Wright. <clears throat> we were talking about, um, gosh, basically about everything. And we're coming down to the end of this particular study. Um, and I want to just go ahead and kick it off uh, with uh, the book Simply Jesus. 
I would I, I would definitely give it a thumbs up. But I'm going to tell you fellows out there, don't leave it in your bathroom. <laughs> You're not going to be able to read it in uh, two or three minute little stints at a time. When you when you sit down and read it, you're gonna you're gonna want to read it. And I and I'd read two or three pages, and then I'd have to go back and and read a a couple of pages just because it was so deep. And, and some of the stuff that he was coming up with, not only did I honestly I didn't care. Uh, but I never even really thought about some of the things that he uh, he spent a lot of time researching in. So I mean, it was impressive and it was awesome. Um, it's uh, new ground that I would have never dug myself. Um, I liked it, uh, and I want to jump around and get the uh, get the overview from uh, the other fellows, Professor. So I, I would second Bill's recommendation. You, this is one. You you want to spend some time with it. You want to read a little bit, mull it over. I I read it twice. When I first got it, I sat down and did a straight-through read of it, kind of on a little weekend trip we took, and didn't really do it. And then I read each chapter again as we were getting ready to study it. And, and I almost liked doing it that way because I got an overview, and then I really got to sit and... But, but I'm like you, Bill. I'd read two or three pages and... Then I'd see something else. Wait a second. And I'd have to go back right. and go, oh, yeah, 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 I got it. And then, you know, but it's, but it is so much because what it boils down to at the end of the day, and it's the opposite of another big theologian that everybody wants to scream about, John Dominic Croson. Croson talks about the historical Jesus and trying to narrow Jesus down into this little small pillar of these are only the core sayings of Jesus and these are the things that his disciples made up, and and yeah, the miracles weren't really there. We spent a whole podcast talking about those. But in the reality of it is, at the end of the day, simply Jesus is what it is really all about. It's, a, it, it's going back to my Christmas verse of, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh. The God of the universe took on our bodies, our failings, our falsities, lived on this earth with all that that entailed, and radically changed the world and set his kingdom up for the future while he was here. And at the end of the day, that's what this book is really all about. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, your impression of the book. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Like, like I said earlier, folks, if, if, if N.T. Wright says this is simply Jesus, what the heck would it complicate it? I know. I know. <laughs> We're doing simply Christian uh, next, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a couple of things that I really, really enjoy from the book, uh, and, and I'll touch on the last two things in just a moment. Uh, I, I say, yes, the book is very good. Yes, it's complex. Uh, one of the points he brings up that reminds me of, of everything we face today in our life every day is that simply um, when the rulers of the world are wild or wicked, God can bend their imaginings to serve his purpose. This is a reminder. N.T. Wright reminds us that everything you see happening in the world, whether it's the wars that Bill brought up or anything else, God can influence it, and he can stop it if he chooses. But instead, he fits it into a plan, ultimately, right? He fits it into some plan for his purpose to serve him. 
And the example he uses is from Daniel. Of course, when the Israelites were exiled and they brought from Judea and uh, into Babylon, uh, he says that the, the Chaldeans used a stick to punish the Israelites because God was judging them. He beat them. The kings who were pagan kings spanked the Israelites. But then God turned and spanked the kings because they were proud and they were, they were arrogant and they did it in the wrong manner and he had to get their attention. We found that out with Nebuchadnezzar, King Cyrus, and King Darius. All those things. So those, those points I like to bring up that he reminds us once again, the world is still under God's authority no matter what you see outside every day. And then the last two points I'd like to make is he brought up the things that, that, that we've read over and over again, but I had not really thought about it. That simply there are two dimensions. We're living in two dimensions, folks. We're living in the world you and I see each other. We say hi to each other today. We go to work. Uh, we take care of our families. And then there is a dimension that's coexisting with us, and that's God's dimension. And, and according to Wright, it is here on earth at the present time. Heaven is with us at the present time. Uh, his, his, his example was that Jesus walked into the upper room where the disciples were after he had died and was resurrected. He walked mm -hmm. through the walls. And he was a person when he appeared to them. Now, I don't know if the, the, the heaven is next door to him like Wright theorized on these things and says it's, it coexists with us or whether in fact it's, it's, it's all around us, and we, in fact, are just a, a, a solid matter inside heaven. But it doesn't matter to me what I, I thoroughly enjoy learning about that and looking at it from that respect. It caused me to think, yes, absolutely, there are two different dimensions. The angels live in one dimension, heaven exists in one dimension, and we exist in another dimension. And the second thing that I like, of course, from, from Wright's book is, is the temple effect. And that's simply from the Old Testament. It was a tabernacle where God met the Israelites and he met them on the mercy seat over the Ark of the Covenant. And then when Solomon built the temple and moved the Ark of the Covenant into the, tem uh, the temple, he was still there, he was met there. And the people came to believe that the temple was the reason that God was visiting the people. They forgot, they forgot that it's their righteous, their holiness, they're seeking God and loving God with all their heart, right? Two commandments, the Lord, love the Lord God with all your heart, sir, mine, and number two, love your neighbors yourself. They forgot and they thought that the Spirit of the Lord was there in the temple. And they showed that later, whenever the build, when, when the temple was torn down and all the things that were inside it were moved to Babylon, when they built the next temple, they expected God to appear because they built the temple according to what they thought he wanted. So, uh, and essentially Jesus then, when he appeared, he became the point or the dimension at which point heaven touches earth. He became the temple itself. And then in the Acts, you see that, God, uh, that Jesus had the Holy Spirit on him and he delegated that to us and we became the temple. God lives with us. Jesus lives in our hearts, and the Holy Spirit lives in us. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch? Yeah, I, I think it was a great book. I, I've, uh, I heard uh, N.T. Wright give a series of lectures earlier this, this summer, uh, which got me interested in this. 
He's got even more complicated books than this, like uh, Surprised by Hope, which uh, we, we should be just glad we, we, we didn't do, Bill. Um, but uh, a lot of these ideas he talks about also, you can, you can search him on YouTube. He's, he, he, uh, somehow there's an eight-minute video where he pretty much delivers the entire content of this book um, about, you know, is, is the world fallen and, and what we have to do with it. But I, I think my big takeaway is that we are, we are the body of Christ, we Christians. And I think in, in many ways, simply Jesus is written for Christians. Um, certainly, you don't have to be a Christian to read it and come away with it. But as a Christian, we should appreciate it that he, he basically says believers are doers. And and there's all sorts of work for us to be involved in. He notes here on page 230, uh, uh, Jesus has all kinds of projects up his sleeve and is simply waiting for faithful people to say their prayers, to read the signs of the times, and to get busy. Nobody would have dreamed of a Truth and Reconciliation Commission if Desmond Tutu hadn't prayed and pushed and made it happen. Nobody would have worked out the Jubilee Movement the campaign for international debt relief, if people in the churches had not become serious about the ridiculous plight of the poor. And I think he means that in a Brit term, ridiculous as it should be ridiculed. Now, he even says, closer to home, nobody else is likely to organize a car shuttle to get old people to and from stores. Nobody is likely to volunteer to play the piano for a service at a local prison or start a playgroup for children of single mothers. This is all, all stuff that, that you can do through your church. So, so I'll end with this because I'll, you'll, you'll kick it off at, as you usually do at the end, Bill. But not only join a church, not only to go to church, to check your box that you show up every Sunday morning, Join a church to find the organization that will that you can participate with in, or who will support your efforts if you've got a good idea. Go, I mean, uh, all everybody at a at a at a Christian church is a Christian first, or should be. Um, I know the people I find here are. So it goes beyond where they stand, where they came from, where they grew up, what 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 their ethnicity or race is and or what, what they're, who they vote for. We're all Christians and we're all committed to bring the kingdom in. And that's, that's really what's important here. And I think, I think, and, and it's, it's something that, that I think is a very big uh, message from right in all his books that the, that this is the kingdom of God is here and now in this world on heaven as on earth as it is in heaven. Excellent. And with that, thanks so much for tuning in. And I want to go ahead and just paraphrase uh, the famous pastor that we used to have here, Pastor Phil Leinberger, when someone would come up with a good idea. How many times are you in a church that somebody comes up with a good idea and they say, oh, no, we'll vote that down, or oh, that doesn't sound good, or we've never done it that way. We've never done it that way. (laughs) Phil Leinberger, my favorite pastor of all time, what he used to say is, hey, great idea. Why don't you head it up? Give me a report next time we meet on how it's going. (laughs) So, hey, thanks so much for tuning in. This is No Church Answers. And once again, thanks to all our sponsors and supporters. We totally appreciate it. On behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshy, my name is Bill Cox. 
Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so please rate it and leave a review. If you have a question or comment, you go to our Facebook page or NoChurchAnswers.com and post it there. If you're unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and SugarlandBaptist.org. and starts Sunday at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church why local so you'll go and participate and find a small group abf adult bible fellowship or sunday school class that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is men only if there's one start one and don't take any church answers we'll talk with you next week you've been listening to no church answers the weekly christian podcast for men tell us what you think leave a comment or review want to know more about us then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 